Welcome back to the High Value Man Conversation. This is episode 38. This is part two of three. So you got to take a lap. You're back in the same starting place. You're deja vuing. You have gone all the way around the Monopoly board, but you do not get a pass go or collect $200. You're going directly to jail. That familiar Groundhog's Day. So what are you going to do to overcome and take this big leap of faith towards that thing that you want? How are you going to get through this? Well, this episode is all about faith how to faith, how to build your faith, how to create a practice of faith. If you are just a baby Christian, if you're just a baby anything and you don't yet have a practice of faith, I'm going to get practical. I'm going to tactical with you. I'm going to share with you an easy to follow formula so you can jump off that ledge over the edge towards that thing that you want and you can do it with that unbreakable confidence of faith. Now, I'm going to first teach this episode from the standpoint where I first learned it. When I was first learning about this practice of faith, it was before I came to the other side of the cross. And so I was the checkbox spiritual, not religious. I grew up as a Catholic. And so I had a really long distance, a lot of time away from the church. I never really resonated with the message. I never had a relationship with Jesus, never had a relationship with God, but I understood there was something greater. I understood there was something at play that I just couldn't quite put my finger on. And so my practice began really with spirituality. I was the spiritual guy. I was the spiritual like rocks and uh, mala beads and meditation, uh, yoga. Uh, I've had all kinds of colorfulness in my past in regards to my spiritual journey. I have had plant medicine experiences. We'll do a whole nother episode on that. Psychedelic experiences and some other guided ceremonies where I thought I was meeting God, but nothing like now. I'd say that all of those doorways really ultimately created an opportunity to realize that there truly is something else out there. They were the wrong ways to go about it. What I'm going to share with you today is a simple four-step process, no matter where you are, to be able to start building your faith. What I have learned is that every practice of religion and really every, every practice of faith for the most part shares four core principles, four core principles that truly help the faith to grow, help you gain a deeper understanding in it. And if you look at all the other religions in the world, you'll start to see these four things across the board. And if you can do just these four things, it might be exactly what you need to start building or strengthening your practice of faith. So this episode, I'm really talking to the people out there that don't yet have a relationship with God that haven't yet let Jesus into their hearts or their minds or their souls to truly transform them. This conversation is for me two years ago. This conversation is for the secular men that were coming through the project. This conversation is for anybody who's struggling or suffering, realizing that there is something else out there, but they just don't know where to start. So I want to talk to that person, this man on a ledge. And if you're watching this on the YouTube you're seeing a little drawing here that you may have seen before. I've got a stick figure drawing of the four pillars, faith, family, fitness, and finances, and then little steps in between. But we're going to be talking really about faith because that is really the first step. And if you're not watching this on the YouTube, this would be a good episode to check out because I've got a little drawing here that make this really uh, much more easy to follow. So all of us men at some point in life, before we start building our faith, we're this guy on the ledge, on the edge of life where we know that there's something else out there. It's this mountain off in the distance, this vocation, this peak, this thing that we got to climb that seems so far away. And we've got this big gap to close. The gap is ultimately all the things we have to overcome to become the man that we know we're meant to be. And so we stand here on this ledge, this edge in the wild unknown, facing this distance and gap. 
And many men go back to the past. They go back to the vices, the familiar, the toxic relationships. But we know at the end of the day, you got to take that first step. Well, faith is that first step where we just say, you know what? I'm going to go after it. I'm going to jump over the ledge. I'm going to go all in on me. But it can be difficult if you've never done it before. And if you've never had a relationship with faith, you got to ask yourself, like, how do you actually build it? How do you build a relationship with something that you can't see, that you can't touch, that is relatively intangible and just expects you just to believe on a doctrine. That was my problem with with Catholicism growing up. I didn't have a relationship, so I had to trust the rules of the religion. And the rules of the religion were a little bit outdated, honestly, in my opinion. They were outdated from the experience of, of, of where I was at in my, in my life. And so I had a hard time. And so I took a lot of time away from the church. And so as I was getting back into the idea that there is a God out there, that there is something bigger, that there's something greater that's really leading us, I didn't know where to start. And so I started looking at all the other religions, all the commonalities, all the things that existed in every practice. And I started to understand that there was really these four core principles. Every religion has a practice of prayer. Every religion has a practice of reading. Every religion has a practice of fasting. And every religion has some type of evangelical practice of teaching, being that servant leader that is showcasing the principles that you're learning from. And so I understood that pray, read, fast, and teach all had the same thing in common. They all shared the foundation for religion. And as I started to look into that, I was like, well, there's probably something behind this. There really is something behind these four core principles. And even though I may not be ready to choose a religion, I do know that I need a spiritual practice. I need to know God deeper. Because if you've ever heard the saying, there are no atheists in a foxhole. It means if you've had a hard time, if you've had a difficult time, if you keep being this guy that's going back to the past, to the old vices, and you're just repeating that same lap in the desert, and you're feeling that same feeling of loneliness that you've been there so many times before, you keep facing the same problem, the same issues, well, you got to change something. And the best place to start in changing something is your relationship with your creator. And so I was in a season where I was realizing that, hey, I needed to change something. This was about five years ago when I really started to seek a spiritual, uh, a spiritual path and one that was going to draw me a little bit closer to, to, to God. And again, I've had a very colorful history. You know, I'll share all this in, a, in another episode. Um, but it brought me to a lot of places that weren't God. They were really just distractions. But as I started to study, I realized that there were these four core principles. And so the first one being praying and building a meditative relationship with your higher power. When I first started opening the doorway to spirituality, prayer was really hard for me. It was really, really difficult for me. I had a hard time talking to somebody that I'd never met. I had a hard time submitting and surrendering and petitioning my needs to a patriarch because I've had such a long history of not really being able to trust men. I had a hard time of really being humble enough. But what could get me started, and I understood the science behind it, was meditation. There's been significant studies that meditation helps you not only think better, feel better, lower stress, and cognitively understand at a higher level, I understood that meditation might be the same gateway. And it's really a whole lot like prayer. Prayer and meditation share something very similar. They both correct your posture. They put you in an upright state. They put you in a place to be able to receive a message. And they put you in a disciplined standpoint to where you can begin to build a relationship. And so my gateway into faith 
began with meditation. And I started by downloading apps. I downloaded the Calm app, the Oak app, dozens of different meditation apps where I would listen to somebody count down or I'd hear some streams or I'd hear a babbling brook and it would basically just guide me into the meditation. So that was like my training wheels into meditation and prayer. As I really started to understand the foundation of what prayer was and the ability to petition all of my my desires, all of my frustrations, and to really be able to wrestle God through a conversation, I started to realize the power of the spoken word. We are the only creature that God created that can speak. We've got a tongue that can articulate and communicate, which is very godly in itself. As you get into your Christian studies, the book of Genesis, God gave us the breath of life, that piece of him that allows us to communicate, articulate, and to speak into the world the things that we want. And so prayer for me became a very powerful tool to speak out loud the things that I was desiring and the things that I was frustrated with to have an actual conversation. Prayer is conversation not only petitioning, asking for the things that you want from God, but it's also the ability to communicate what you're working on and working through. Just talking it out loud, like talking to a friend is so helpful. That is how prayer for me has really grown. I'll share with you a tool here, one of my favorite books that I've read recently, um, just to help you get into having a prayer here in just a moment. Then after prayer, all the religions share reading. They share the foundation of reading some scripture. They share the, round, the foundation of reading holy texts. And as I started to understand the fact and the truth that all truth is truth, and truth shows up in many different scriptures, while you can hold very steady to the standpoint that there is only one truth, and I'm not going to argue with you on that, Truth is truth. And when truth is spoken, it doesn't need to be argued against. And there are spiritual truths that exist and coexist in many different uh, religions and ways of thinking and mindsets. There's never going to be enough books. And I believe this is, I believe Matthew said this, and I I apologize this is not going to be cited, but there's not ever going to be enough books to cite the wisdom that Jesus said. There's going to be an infinite amount of ways to interpret the truth, but the truth is the truth. And so it shows up everywhere. So as you start to read these powerful holy texts, you start to resonate with the truth. And so there needs to be some scripture in your foundation of faith. Faith begins by putting yourself in a meditative posture to pray, to meditate, to find the stillness and the silence. Our God is a God of stillness. And so you got to get there first. Then you need to read the scripture to learn a different way of thinking. And as you learn a different way of thinking, you start to become aware of the things that you need to distance from. That's the fasting piece. The fasting piece doesn't relate to just the food. Well, relating to food makes a whole lot of sense. You know, if you got to burn fat and build muscle, you need to give up the Twinkies and the Ding Dong. And so you fast from your sugar so you can start reaching your physical potential. Well, to reach your spiritual potential, you need to fast from your distractions. And so fasting is a foundational practice and principle inside of every single faith. To honor your relationship with God, it is so important that you know what your distractions are are. What are those things, those vices, this guy on the ledge, the edge where he keeps going back to the past? What are those things you keep going back to? Make a list. Make a list of all the things you keep going back to. And maybe it's you're past the season of the drinking, the drugs, the masturbation, the porn. And maybe it's the going back to the past of negative self-talk. That would be something pretty powerful for God to help you heal. God, heal me of this negative self-talk. Help me to stop this ruminating brain. Help me to eliminate some of these toxic thoughts that I consistently repeat. Help me to replace those thoughts, transform my mind so I can be more like you. 
those would be great things to fast from. But unless you take time to write them down, write them out, knowing what your distractions are, you can't really break free from them. Now, as you pray, as you read, and as you fast from your distractions, you learn and you earn the opportunity to really live a life worth teaching from, to be evangelical. You think about what Jesus did and the apostles so well, is they created a life of fallible excellence. They lived their prayer. They lived their practice. They lived the scripture. They fasted from their distractions. And so they created a foundation for people to follow in. And so as you teach, as you share the message, you bring more people to the light. You bring more people to the radiance of having a deep relationship with faith. And this is really at the foundation, the core four that you got to do. But I'm going to break it down for you even more because I really want to help the guy that's stuck, the guy that's stuck on the ledge that says, man, religion's just not for me. Uh, you know, I tried the Catholic thing or I tried the Christian thing or, you know, it's just another big business. I said that a lot. It's another big business. You know, that's not really how you build a relationship with God, but I didn't know how to build a relationship with God. And so I'm going to break this down for you even more because maybe you're open. Maybe like the doorway, there's a crack and you're like, you know what? I'm going to try this thing, but like, how do you pray? How do I actually pray? Well, there's a couple tools. One, this is a great book called Draw the Circle by Mark Batterson. It's a 40-day prayer challenge. It breaks down the foundation, gives you a daily uh, scripture. So now you're doing the prayer and the reading every single morning. That's a good place to start. The other way to start is to understand physiologically what's happening before you get into the state of prayer. For me, what I struggled with the most, what I really had a hard time with was getting my mind calm enough to be able to be in the state where I could actually pray and hear God. And so I broke down pray into an acronym to get my body physiologically ready to be able to be primed, ready to be able to ask and to be able to put myself in a state of yes. And so I'm going to share that with you here. So priming the body, this is the P. Just like the lawnmower, and maybe you don't have a lawnmower, maybe you don't have a lawn, but I had a lawn been when I was in high school, when I lived in Ahwatukee, went to uh, Desert Vista High School, and I had to mow the lawn. I had to mow the lawn. And one thing that my stepdad taught me before I mowed the lawn, I had to prime the gas tank. I didn't know what that meant. I just know that I had to push the squishy little button on the side, little rubber thing that pushed fresh gas and gas fumes into the primer area so the spark plugs would hit it and ignite it and get the engine going. Otherwise, if you try to cold start something, it would never, the engine would never go. And so you'd be ripping the rip cord and the engine would never start. So you have to prime the gas tank. Well, my mind, probably your mind too, has got this like cat up there that's playing with a ball of string all the time or like two ping pong balls bouncing back and forth. Like I've got 10,000 thoughts within a 30 second period. And so it's hard to sit down and either meditate or to pray because I'm thinking about all the other things I need to be doing. And so physiologically, I need to get my gas tank ready to receive the download. And so I prime myself through something called God breath. Now, the irony is that our creator, he's got a sense of humor. He made us completely dependent, completely dependent on this invisible thing where if we go too long without it, we feel starved. Kind of like our spiritual experience here on earth. We go too long without God, we feel starved. And so we're completely dependent on air and our breath. Think about that. And so this was really a, a light bulb moment for me that God lives in the breath. God lives in the breath and he wants to speak to you as you learn to navigate your nervous system through controlled breathing. And so the go and the G stands for go breath. 
fast and rapid. This is your adrenaline. This is your sympathetic response. This is the, <laughs> the chest breathing. Now, if you've never done breath work before, uh, there is this crazy wacko guy called Wim Hof. And he is the ice man. I think he's Swedish or Russian or German. I don't know. He's just a wacky wacko dude. Just look up Wim Hof. And he has started to revolutionize and really bring mainstream breath work. Breath work allows you to modulate and control your internal chemistry through your nervous system. Your nervous system responds to environmental stress, whether it's real or it's perceived. And so it can trigger a stress response and get you stressed out probably thought about this before. Think about the last time you got in an argument with the missus and you were reliving the thing you should have said or didn't say or said and you wish you didn't. And it got you all hot and bothered. Your heart rate's going a little bit faster. You're a little bit irritated and annoyed from it. And next thing you know, you're in a bad mood. Well, you just increased your stress response. Or maybe you've been rear-ended before in traffic and you were driving, just mind your own business and bam, you get rear-ended. Okay, now your stress response goes up. Your breathing goes really fast and so does your cortisol and adrenaline. Well, that's a really tough space to be able to connect with God in because you're in a fight or flight uh, state of mind. And so you have to a, be able to recognize when your body is elevated by elevating it on your own. And so the go breath is the first thing I do as I sit down to pray. I sit down and I put myself in, in, a, in a seated position, a lotus position, or sometimes just in my chair. And I go fast and rapid for about three minutes. Sounds like this. <laughs> Literally like I'm hyperventilating. Now, if you do this right, what's going to happen is you're going to get tingling in your fingers, tingling your toes, lightheaded. You might get a little bit dizzy. You're going to feel some hotness and some heaviness in your chest. You're going to want to stop, but you're just going to keep pushing forward. Three minutes goes off and then you go into the order breath. Now, the order breath is what the Navy SEALs call a box breath. This is where all of that energy that you just created in your body through the sympathetic response, your stress hormone, all that energy is now dissipated by controlling your breathing to a more measured, harmonic way. And so imagine a box, picture a box, box has four sides. And on the first side of the box, I want you to inhale for four, three, two, and one. Then you're going to hold on the second side for four, three, two, and one. Now you're going to exhale on the third side. For four, three, two, and one. And very last, you're going to hold for four, three, two, and one. So it creates order and harmony biologically, physiologically inside your body. So you've taken all that energy you've just created. It's the mind going all nuts when you do the go breath. And then you get into a calm, cool, collected, ordered state. You're going to do that four by four breath style. For about three minutes. We've turned on the engine. Now we're going to balance the engine. Now the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to down-regulate. That's what the D stands for in the God breath. Down-regulate your nervous system, which activates the parasympathetic response, which is going to be your rest and relax. This is going to be the great way to get into that meditative delta-theta state where you're much more open to receive the word, much more open to be able to be meditative. And the way you want to do this is create more space in your chest by lowering your diaphragm, which actually gives you more, your heart more room to breathe. You're going to create some vagal tone through it. You're going to activate your vagus nerve and you do this by extending the exhale. So you're going to breathe in one big deep breath in for four, three, two, one, filling up your belly and then exhale for as long as you can. Exhale for seven to 10 seconds and then keep your lungs empty. 
Now you're going to feel the point where you're going to want to gasp for air, maybe at 20, 30 seconds. You're going to breathe in slowly for four, hold it briefly at the top, and then exhale. So now you're going through a breathing pattern that's physiologically going to prime your mind, relax your body, and allow you to actually pray. Now, once you get through this priming process, this is a really good place, really good place to get into the word. And so if you've never, ever read scripture before, a great place to start is in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is a foundational place. It has just deep wisdom um, by King Solomon, but it's a really good place to start. So you prime your body. You're getting ready to actually pray and petition. Now think about this. If you have some wisdom, eternal wisdom that you can ask God on, what would you want him to tell you? And so next piece of the pray mechanic is after you prime the body, you've gone through God breath for about 10 minutes, you're much more measured and relaxed. You've got some scripture that you're reading slowly. Now ask, ask, ask. Whatever you shall ask in prayer, in believing, you shall receive. How cool is that for a powerful reminder to hear from Jesus is that if you really ask and you truly do ask with your deepest dark, your deepest heart that you can receive it just simply by praying. That's a promise given to you in the Bible. And it's as simple as literally asking. So as you're sitting there in your state of prayer, you've primed the body, the mind is relaxed. You've read some scripture, you're into Proverbs, you've got a good prayer journal, you've got the the draw the circle prayer devotional that you can read through every single day. Now you ask, you ask for what is on your heart. And a good question to ask, and write this down, good question to ask is, God, what do you want me to know? It's crazy. When you ask that question and the body's relaxed, you're going to hear whispers. You're going to hear little moments. Pictures are going to pop into your mind. People you need to reach out to. And there are going to be these feelings that you can start to develop and deepen. And then just ask again, what about this do you want me to know? This is a great place for you to build a relationship. Remember, relationship is outside of religion. Relationship exists one-to-one between you and God. And a relationship is not just about asking for what you can get from the other person, but it's asking how you can serve them as well. And so what do you want me to know? And what would you like me to do with this? That becomes a great place to build a relationship. Then you're going to move on to step number four, which is the why and the yes. Think about this. If you just received a great download from God and he gives you this message, you've primed the body, you're feeling relaxed, you're dialed in, you're doing this practice of faith every single day, and he gives you a message. He gives you a little piece of wisdom, or maybe it's a feeling where you know that your prayer is going to be answered at some point in the future, as long as you stay consistent with everything you need to be doing, then you receive the yes, then feel that feeling of feeling yes. Just feel that feeling. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That's that feeling of yes to truly feel feel the feeling and the experience before it exists. And the last piece I'll add to this practice of prayer is to start a prayer journal. Write down your petitions, what you're asking for. In Mark's book, Draw the Circle, he asks you to write down your prayer requests, circle them, and then be able to look back at them because there will come a time, especially if you make this your daily practice, when all the things you pray for and ask for and petition for will be answered far greater than you possibly imagine. And those become the miracle reminders to keep you on the path of faith. All right, quick little recap on this. If you're this guy on the ledge, on the edge towards that thing you want and you don't know where to start, well, faith is the first step, friends. You got to be able to have that belief-based mindset that you can do, you can be, you can have anything you want. And so you got to begin with faith. And if you're new to faith, there's four things that you can begin with. 
prayer is number one. This is your petitions, your questions, your wrestling with God. If you don't know how to pray, remember the acronym, prime the body first. Get yourself physiologically ready to be able to receive the relationship. That's the R, receive the relationship. And then read the good word. Start to prime your mind with scripture. Then ask, ask God, what do you want me to know? Ask, how can I actually use this and apply this? How can I best show up as your servant and as your friend? How can I best be an example of Christ today? Ask. And then when you receive the message, feel that feeling of yes. Then continue on the process. You're going to read the scripture every single day. You're going to fast from those distractions. And you're going to teach, my friends, because ultimately at the end of the day, we need more examples of men on a mission to truly live in their great life. Here's the beautiful thing. You have faith, you pray, you read, you fast, you teach. You're going to have clarity and vision, vision for where you're going. God wants to give you all the things on your, on your desires, all your hopes, as long as they align with the word here in the book. And he wants your, your greatest dreams to be aligned with his dreams. And that's where you really get to have that vision for yourself as a man. But you're not going to know what that vision looks like until you start building a relationship with him. One last thing I will add to this is that the Bible matters, but the right Bible matters. I've had probably about a dozen Bibles and I had a hard time getting to any of them. If you're a guy like me and you've had a hard time getting into the word, building a relationship with God, really understanding the, you know, the, the density of the Bible, I would suggest the Maxwell Leadership Bible. It's written by John Maxwell, who is a leadership gangster. He has written the book. He's written actually probably 20 books on leadership. And this book in particular, this Bible, is, uh, is co-written um, by, by him and his team, and it has leadership examples that make the story so much more practical and tactical and easy to read. And so I will say that the right Bible matters. Don't get your grandma's Bible. Uh, that may be a great little heirloom piece, but get a Bible that you can actually apply to the world you're in. If you are a man and you're taking on great things and you want to be able to lead better as a husband, as a father, as a friend, as a community member, get the right book and follow the right practice. All right, my friends, I hope this was helpful to get you out of the laps in the desert. The next episode, we're gonna be going into your emotions and talking about, talking about, well, why you might be plugged up. But that's coming out here very soon. If you found this episode helpful and you wanna learn more about this formula and path to faith and formula to fulfillment, shoot me a DM. I'd love to share this with you. But this is our process inside the High Value Man Accelerators to take you across your four pillars of faith, family, fitness, and finances. You can be the man that you know you're designed to be. If you love this episode, do me a favor and like it, tag it, share it, leave me a five-star review. Leave me a comment as well where you're at in your spiritual journey. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, share this with a man on a mission that also needs to hear the message. My friends, as always, this is a pleasure and I'm sending you so much love, so many blessings, and I'll talk to you soon. Boom.